Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Hi, Jules. Hi, Keens. How are you this evening? I am great. I'm twirling through life. Not really, but I'm trying. (laughs) You're being gone with the wind fabulous? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to describe myself that way, that way personally. Hello. I do love her dresses and gone with the wind. Right? Oh, man. I I don't know. I'm excited, though, because we are here tonight to recap episode eight of Rural Housewives of Atlanta, season five, Fools of Engagement. Yes. And we are continuing with this crazy Anguilla trip that just is bringing everything to the surface. Yeah. And everyone's gladly ridiculing one another for their hopes and dreams. <laughs> it's the best. It's pretty, I mean, yeah, whatever. We'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. We're back at the patio. Mm-hmm. Kenya has just twirled away. Yep. And declared herself gone with the wind fabulous. And now the other ladies are left to discuss. Mm-hmm. Portia says, that's the Kenya y'all wanted me to have a conversation with. <laughs> she also at, she calls her trash again. She's like, oh, did y'all take out the trash? Yes. And I mean, petty. But at the in the, I think in the same breath, she also mentions that, yes, I'm younger, but it felt like I was much more mature during that entire exchange. Yeah, and Cynthia notes that the fight did get rather crunk, mm-hmm. but that she might have also gotten crunk if someone had said these things to her that Portia said to Kenya. Yeah, it was really interesting to me when she said that because I guess I, I, and I will say that I did perceive Portia doing, like she was team too much during that exchange. I felt like there was a lot of low blows, but I also didn't know that calling somebody a tramp when they literally flirted with everybody would be (laughs) this like horrible thing that could get you you know fought by the tamest of the housewives I was very confused yeah I just wouldn't say that like tramp to me isn't like the most terrible name although I don't find name calling to be like this thing where it's like that's the one thing you can't do is call me a name or else that's gonna push me over the edge like I think you can say way meaner things to people than just like calling them a name yeah I think so I mean I of course I feel like there's some words that might be more triggering but for the most part yeah I feel the same way name calling see like I just I can imagine so many more egregious things yeah Absolutely. I know. I guess that's how the high society women in Atlanta get down. <laughs> um, Kenya goes back to the room and is kind of like venting to Walter about the fight. And in confessional, she says, this Barbie fights back. If you want to call me ghetto, well, then I guess that makes me Detroit Barbie. Oh, my gosh. Kenya's confessionals this episode were actually top tier. Um, I noted that after she clarifies that she's a Barbie that fights back, she then said that she's part of history. Yes. Right? More. Obama. Clinton. Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and honestly, I felt like she said it without an ounce of, like, joking. I, w- I'm, I genuinely think that she feels like she's part of history and amongst these other people, which was yeah. wild. I mean, speaking of Scarlett O'Hara... The levels of her moods in these confessionals mm. were just talking 
we're all over the place here. Yeah. And like Vivian Lee, she's an incredible actress. <laughs> Despite the IMDb credits to her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she could have been this generation's Vivian Lee if oh, only. If only. <laughs> oh, so close. So after this uh, exchange, we return to the women on the patio who are discussing still what happened and how they feel about the exchange. Yeah, Phaedra keeps, like, speaking up for Kenya. She's like, I've just never known her to act that way. I've always found her to be really nice or sweet or whatever. Wow, Phaedra is, like, so loyal. Yeah, and I'm also, did you forget about when she was coming after your husband? But, I I mean, whatever. She forgave that very quickly. Yeah, I wonder if it'll ever come up again. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I felt the same way that it was kind of beautiful how loyal Phaedra was, even though I wasn't sure that Kenya actually earned that level of loyalty. No, not at all. Yeah. Also, Phaedra hasn't seen her call Apollo Floyd in the confessional yet. That's true. Okay. Then Kenya talks about Portia and she says, um, that she opened the door for Portia to be relevant, just like Vanessa Williams opened the door for her to win a crown. Oh, jeez. <laughs> how Portia's not a pageant contestant. Like, yeah. how is Kenya opening doors for her? Like, she did something for women, all women, by, like, winning this pageant crown? Pageants? I'm sorry. Like, I think feminism was a little bit past pageants in 1993. Right. Also, on top of that, I'm like, weren't you going hard in the paint about how Miss America and Miss USA are completely distinguishable? They have nothing to do with each other. How dare you confuse them? How dare you think that they're the same? And I'm like, so honestly, I felt the Regina George meme at this point. So I was like, so you agree that (laughs) Miss America and Vanessa Williams are actually way more iconic. Whatever, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so the next morning, Mimi pays a visit to Candy. Yes, and she recaps what happened with Kenya and Portia. And honestly, it was one of the most hilarious things because she talked about the twirling. And I'm like, you would think that Nini was making this all up, but this yeah. is exactly what happened. <laughs> There's nothing I love more. Then if you're gossiping with a friend and then your friend has to stand up to act out something that happened, that's like, they're just like, those are the golden moments of life right there. And like, I appreciate people who will reenact ridiculous situations. Oh man. It was, I mean, it was so good. And you could tell that Candy was very disappointed to have missed it. But at the same time, I think if she had to do it all over again, she would have hung out with Todd and they would have fallen asleep. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. She can't be separated from him right now. Um, Mimi then asked Candy why she told Cynthia she thinks Mimi always has an ulterior motive. Right. And Candy, I think, surprised me by saying, well, cause that's how I feel about it. Yeah. You're not going to find Candy being sheepish about something she has said in the past. That's true. She stands by it. Right. Um, And then she goes on to sort of talk about how she felt that Nini and her should have been closer, should have built a better friendship, but that that didn't happen. And I appreciated the moment of Nini sort of recognizing that she was not necessarily in a receptive place at the time like she and this is something that we see from Nini 
throughout her tenure as a housewife is that she sort of gets it in her mind that the other women are like very jealous of her, that they're coming for her, that they don't want to see her prosper and be successful. And I think that she reacts to that feeling rather than maybe the reality of the situation, which is just another successful black woman who doesn't need to tear you down. Right. Yeah. I think Nini is so smooth and self-possessed, but she had a rough, upbringing and I think she still goes into that survival mode sometimes Mm, that's good insight yeah so then at the end of this conversation Nini comments about Todd and Candy and how like they're so cute together she's like I mean they're short and you know (laughs) I was like okay I I got the quote oh wonderful I thought that I had the quote and then I realized I started (laughs) like scribbling about Greg. My bad. (laughs) She said, everybody needs love and Candy has found Todd. And if Candy is happy, I'm happy for her. They're both short and they both need love. (laughs) (laughs) They are both short. They are. Also, then Greg comes in and hugs Todd. And I think Greg is like one inch taller than Todd. Really? Yeah. And Nini's pretty tall. So it's like, I guess you don't have a problem with it. That's so funny. I guess I didn't, I never really thought about it. In my mind, Greg and Nini are like a very tall couple and Mm. Todd and Candy are super tiny, but that might not actually be the case. Now I got to, I got to rewatch. Okay. We'll, we'll try to see, catch them standing next to each other. Yeah. Um, Greg comes in when he, Greg, when Greg comes in, he does a 40 and fabulous twirl. Yes. (laughs) Everyone's twirling. I love it. And I felt like it was just Oh man, this is the thing. Love her or hate her. Kenya is an icon and the things, and you could tell that that wasn't scripted. That was just something that came out of her in the moment because she was so angry that she's like, (laughs) out of anger came the twirl, right? Which is just what kind of a person other than somebody that kind of might belong on reality TV could do something like that, like could come up with that in the moment. And so, yeah, it continues this sort of twirl joke that will never not be a thing. Actually. I know forever and ever, ever. It's part of her legacy. Yes. The <laughs> legacy that she and the Clintons and the Obamas and the Kennedys have formed. Oh man. Right. Um, so after this, we have Portia telling Cordell what happened and I made note of the fact that he immediately says, but okay, how did you approach it though? Like, yeah, he was so ready to blame Portia for everything that happened. I'm like, Cordell, this is your wife. Like, what are you doing? I know. I agree. But then Portia was like, no, I didn't do anything. I'm, you know me, I'm so happy and easygoing. And he's like, you think you're easygoing? (laughs) Like, I guess probably after you've been living with Portia for a while, you notice that like, she absolutely is not so chill all the time. Yeah. But I also do think that, so number one, you're right. However, I am going to stand in those down and defending Portia because like, I just feel like your husband shouldn't rile you up, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's a way of being on her side and also telling her how she might need to like modify how she does things or how she talks to people that I didn't get from Cordell. Like it didn't feel like he was on her side the entire conversation. It felt like he was blaming her and that he believed that she was the root of everything that was wrong, which I think she started it, but Kenya finished it. I mean, 
heavy, actually. Yeah. Can you the no, bike? I totally agree with that. And yeah, he's just being a little condescending to her and I don't love it. Also, it's like, did she start it? Because she was just kind of telling her side of the story in like a calm way. And then Kenya started kind of interrupting and coming at her. And then she kind of lost it. But it was like, I mean, they both lost it. But I feel like it could have gone better if Kenya had just returned the energy that Portia was giving her. You're right. And I guess for me, the reason why I was thinking about Portia starting it was because they were having a regular conversation and then she started going into her feelings, which were completely valid. And I think all of the women were very supportive of her saying, like, get that off of your chest, have a conversation. Like, it wasn't a thing where it was like, this isn't the time. But to me, I saw that. And you're right. Kenya did she played right in or Portia played right into Kenya's hand and Portia actually admits that in her conversation with Cordell she's like yeah she pushed me and she got what she wanted what she was looking for yeah but it was that sort of Kenya setting her up and then Portia reacting and then Portia seeming like the one that was like unreasonable even though Kenya is the one that actually set up all of it yeah man did is she actually a sorceress? Because I <laughs> forgot that Kenya started it. Portia didn't start it. <sighs> she does have a... She really knows how to push the buttons. And when she decides to push someone's buttons, I don't know if they have any resistance. Yeah. I Even even me, I feel like... I Because I think about it sometimes where somebody who doesn't care about the person or who doesn't care about the situation is really genuinely unbothered, unbothered by it. But I'm like... I wouldn't ever want or need or seek like Kenya Moore's approval for anything. But if I were having a conversation with her and she chose to like ignore my existence, I would lose my mind. Yeah. And she would probably figure out like, oh, that's the thing that's going to make her lose her mind. So I'm just going to do that. Yeah, How many people can be ignored and be fine though? No, I know. One trick pony over here. (laughs) No, for me, it's if you call me a tramp. That's the one thing. Is this a good time to take a break, actually? Sure, let's do it. Okay. And we're back. So, um, when we return, we find Kenya very excited because it's the last day on the island she says it's our last day on the island so here comes the bride (laughs) now we're getting another level in Scarlett O'Hara's repertoire oh god she's so deluded deluded delusional I'm sorry not deluded yeah she (laughs) this is all because three days ago when she pulled Walter aside and was like but if we just eloped or something here we are in this beautiful island and he says hey you never know what could happen in the next three days, yep. she took that to mean we are either eloping or I'm getting proposed to by the last night. Which, when honestly, is not an unreasonable assumption. If your mm-hmm. boyfriend in a beautiful place, when you bring up getting married, says you never know what could happen. Like that, I would also think that I was getting engaged or getting married. I totally get that. And I agree. He like kind of gave too much room for her to hope. But... I feel like I would take from that like, oh, maybe it will be this trip, but I wouldn't be like TikTok last night. I'm definitely getting proposed to. Like to me, that is like a crazy step from 
him, him saying, you never know. True. Yeah. It's, you're right. Yeah, it's rough. It's very rough. Right. It also, it's funny to me because I feel like as a viewer, Walter never seems that into Kenya. No. And so I'm like, okay. Like, even in real time, I remember looking side to side like, okay. <laughs> I know. No, it's truly like, what? is this Kenya? What are you presenting to us? It doesn't make sense from any angle. Whatever. Um, so before we get to find out more about her one-on-one with Walter, she asks all the ladies to get together before they head out for their excursion for the day. Yeah. So the guys all get on the bus and they have to wait in the bus while the ladies talk it out. (laughs) We keep getting uh, this wonderful uh, production value of them cutting back and forth to the women deep in conversation and the men sitting and like sweating on the bus being like, we need to get going. Like, how long is this going to be? But did you notice like first we see Peter being like, well, it's good that they're working it out. We got some strong personalities and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they don't want to talk about the drama and Peter wants to talk about it so bad. and then the next time we see him he's like a lot of confident women here but like he's continues to talk about it after the guys have kind of shut it down he's so messy but i do love it right and i don't i don't want to jump too far ahead but we also see peter being like all right we're gonna shut this down i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna tell them that we need to get going and then he ends up walking back to the bus. They're like, so, you know, like, yeah, they're, they're going <laughs> they to They got your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tried to interrupt Cynthia and she was not having it. But anyway, let's go to the real, the thing we're truly passionate about, what the ladies are talking exactly. about. Exactly. So um, Kenya has called all the women together to sit. And while they're sitting down, she apologizes for losing her cool. She then uh, focuses her attention on Portia and she apologizes for calling her a bitch and then she refuses <laughs> to allow Portia to yeah. talk. Portia says well I would like to say she says I'm wait I'm not done yet. <laughs> like, oh my god Kenya. She truly couldn't be nice for like more than 30 seconds. It was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so Portia described this as a quote pageant apology because it was so filled with non-apologies like I'm Mm -hmm. sorry that I did that, but also you need to understand type situation. And Nini also reflects like, yeah, that's not how you apologize. Right. And I want to give Portia her full quote. Kenya is trying to direct this pageant queen apology to me. And her face is like a mean raisin. What? (laughs) I love that you caught that because. A mean raisin. What a raisin. Girl. She's like, you know how raisins are like little and wrinkly and mean? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Porsche's insane. I, I love it, but girl, what? I know. Oh my goodness. Um, so of course things don't go well. Kenya's like, okay, well, I don't like when people call me a tramp, and she starts like kind of pointing fingers and being like, You did this, you did that. She's kind of raising her voice. Um, and Cynthia like tries to kind of like calm things down, but it just seems like a big melee of everybody sort of talking at once. Yeah. And I, it's, it sort of sucks because I feel like in those situations in particular, Cynthia really doesn't shine. No. Like she gets sort of trampled over every single time. And she's her, she's the best intentions. She's so lovely. I feel like in a normal friend group, 
this would work. Yeah. But she's surrounded by housewives. Like, what are you going to do? I know. <laughs> and it's funny because it's also that I will say, because I, you know, we are both housewife connoisseurs. And so when it comes down to it, I do think that you need sort of a calming presence. But I also think that that calming presence has to have a large enough personality to act or actually direct the calm. And she doesn't really ever do that. Like, yeah. I don't know that she's ever actually capable <laughs> of no, bringing anybody no, no, back no. down or calming anybody down. No, she, I think everybody else just kind of puts whatever vibe they want to put on it. And she eventually just acquiesces and is like, all right. Yeah. Nini's actually really good at making peace. I think she always, she just kind of knows like, when am I going to let the chaos reign? And then when am I going to be like, okay, let's all come together. Like she's truly leading all everybody. Yeah. I mean, and that, it, it speaks to like, the strength of her as like a girlfriend and as a housewife right I think that what I've heard in terms of like the media with all of the other women who have ever been on the cast with Nini they all say the exact same thing that she's a girl's girl that she's very likable that she's so much fun but then like if she goes off she like goes really off like the deep end and so it's sort of like I'm not surprised that she's capable of bringing people back to earth and also like recognizing how to take accountability to continue fostering like positive relationships she's also like just the right amount of shady right oh perfect perfect shade right this is the time where as we do in every episode of our podcast where we mention how much we miss nini and how we need her on our screens andy cohen get it together i know so finally the ladies get on the bus and they all go they go to their lunch location which is like the sort of like shallow dock. It's not a very, it's like a 20 foot dock at the most. Yeah. Going into the waves mm-hmm. and the waves are like splashing up onto the platform. So they're sort of like sitting at a table barefoot and waves are splashing at their feet. Yeah. Which I mean, how did you, how would you feel about that? If that was your, I would not like it. <laughs> like nobody really wants wet feet while they're eating. Also, here's my theory. They were so late to the lunch that the tide came in. Mm. Like, I bet they were supposed to be there two hours before. Because, you know, the Atlanta ladies are always late anyway. Like, every time they go on a trip, someone's, like, so extremely late. And then with stopping to have the conversation, I bet this lunch was happening at, like, 4 (laughs) o'clock. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're, I feel like you're right. Like, I think that that's exactly what happened. And there was nothing that could be done because, I mean... When it's high tide, low tide, right? Yeah. But what I did love was that no one even seemed to care. And I was like, I could never be a housewife because I'd be like, no, I don't want my feet to get wet. I don't want to do that. And they're like, whatever. They all just like dealt with it. Yeah. I mean, it was such a beautiful location. I will say, I think that had I had like, and I think part of it would probably helped is that this occurred on the beach. So it's like, if it was and overlooking the beach versus actually on the beach there might have been like an expectation of I can wear my heels and do all this other stuff but I think that because it was actually on the beach there was no expectation of like this pristine thing everybody was dressed appropriately mm-hmm. and so they were like yes let's go with the island flow I think I might have loved it actually really yeah but I also don't I don't know I don't know. I just think that there's something like romantic and fun about, you know, putting your feet in the sand with water and 
having a great meal. You know, as I'm actually talking it through, I think I might actually agree with you. Never mind. Yeah. I don't I think, think that if it wasn't great. eating, I would be fine with it. It's just sitting there and then maybe having a drink would be like say. nice. But once you're trying to eat, it just seems like too much is going on. Yeah. I think the more that we're talking about this, I really want a Mai Tai now. Ooh. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh gosh. I got to figure out how to make those. Oh, just need lots of rum. I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so at this lunch, Kenya decides oh. now that she's had her whole campaign of guys, let's just apologize and move forward. That went so well. She decides to give Cynthia a book by her friend and mentor, Vanessa Williams. Yes. To show Cynthia that Vanessa Williams was Miss America from 10 years before her and to educate her. And the book is called You Have No Idea. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? Right? What I say, I, I lo- what I loved the most about this entire exchange was that Portia clocked it from the beginning. So she sees Kenya sitting there and she's like, you know what? Kenya's sitting there and she's a up to no good type of chick. So I knew something was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then she pulls out the book and everybody's like, what is going on here? The title of the book, the timing of the pre- presentation of it, it was just peak shade. Yeah. In confessional, Kenya says, you don't have to be from the pageant world to know about history. <laughs> oh my gosh. History. Wait, what? Show me a history book with this oh in my it. God. Please. Yeah, I'm like, even somebody who watches Housewives Heavy, and I actually have watched many a beauty pageant because I remember as a little girl thinking that I could be like a beauty pageant contestant. Oh, yeah, I had big plans to compete for Miss Lake County. Right. What was the name? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was mostly because of that movie with Minnie Driver. Do you remember? No, but I love Minnie Driver. Yeah, so she played in this movie. And it's funny because the girl who played her daughter that they were pretending wasn't actually her daughter, um, she was. She also played a young Helen Keller in another movie. And that's what I remember from her. She's just like this really cute little girl with deep okay, dimples what's the and brown hair. Movie about? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. I got so lost. Okay, so Minnie Driver plays this girl who's from like this like smaller town and wants to compete for like Miss United States or something like that. And so it's of course a fake pageant. And so part of it is that she has trained like her whole life like doing pageants because she like grew up in a trailer park, all this other stuff. Her best friend and her then like hatch this whole plan to like get her to this big pageant, but she gets pregnant. And in order to be part of this pageant, you can't have had any children. You have to be unmarried, no kids. So they pretend that her best friend is the mother, but this doesn't just extend to the pageant world. Everybody in the world, including the little girl thinks that she is her best friend's daughter, even though the little girl looks exactly like Minnie Driver. Oh my God. Okay. Say no more. I'm definitely going to watch this movie. You absolutely should. I love. Okay. It's so good. <sighs> but so back at the lunch, um, Cynthia looks at the cover of the book and says, this seems like a read. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cynthia tried to say like, Hey, I was, it was a compliment that I confused you with Vanessa Williams, honey. I meant it was a compliment. And then in confessional, Kenya says, it's not a compliment when you're ignorant. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
Like, you would genuinely think that pageantry is the biggest thing ever it's in the so world. It's so crazy. It has no, it's just, like, so removed from current events. It has, like, no impact on the world. Yeah, literally, except for Vanessa Williams. And so the fact that anybody would – or what was the name of that girl who, was, who said, but so um, the oh, yeah. Iraq <laughs> – she was the best. Right? Those were like the two. And she didn't even win the pageant. Yeah. I mean, Vanessa Williams was a big deal because she was the first Black Miss America. So yeah. that was like, she did like pave the way there, I guess. But like why we think of her now because she actually had a really successful career after. Yeah. And she even did then, something. I would not say she's like made a ton of history. She's like a singer and an actress. It's not like, this is not like shaping the culture in my opinion uh, yeah i mean i do think about her in soul food because of her acting but yeah. again She's this is fun i mean yeah but this isn't like i think that may, sometimes when kenya does and says these things it feels like she is conflating like historical figure with like famous human and i'm like yeah. they're not the same i also i mean kenya Moore now definitely famous Kenya Moore when she first got introduced onto Housewives? I don't know. No. But that's none of my business, honey. I'm not not famous at all. So her level of fame is, I really can't even speak on it. But yeah, it was bizarre, but it was not unexpected from Kenya. And Sydney's like, okay, well, thanks for the book. I love this gift. This is not a weird gift at all. Right. And then she says, so what else is going on? Yeah. Right. Like, all right, we're done with this. What else is happening? And with that, let's take a break. Perfect. We're back at our wavy lunch. Yes. So the waves continue to pick up while everybody's eating. And then eventually they finish their meals and everybody is kissing, except for Kenya and Walter. And it is not because Kenya isn't trying. (laughs) It's because Walter is just not feeling it. He like turns and like almost forces himself to kiss her on the cheek. It's rough. It was torturous. And then... (laughs) The shady editors cut to Kenya in the confessional being delusional about his flirting. It's like, I don't know if he's trying to flirt with me or what. <laughs> he's not. He's ignoring you, Kenya. That's... Yeah, because you just did a crazy thing at lunch where you gave somebody a book as a mean present. Yeah, but made it seem as if it wasn't mean, which was, I think, worse. Like, if yeah. you had leaned into being shady, I think it would have been really funny. But because you were making it seem as if, like, you were doing her a favor, it was. It just came off as weird to me anyways. Yeah, and also, why are you doing this? here at this lunch on the beach just like odd everything's odd yeah Um, she's a strange bird (laughs) (laughs) so cynthia and kenya decide to walk on the beach after lunch Mm -hmm. and cynthia like kind of wants to clear the air she's you know she's like okay i guess we have some stuff we need to talk about and she tries to talk to her about how she acted at the jet metal casting she says, you know, at the Bailey Agency, we don't try to tear models down. You know how it goes. It's an open call. If you don't hire someone, you just don't hire someone. Mm-hmm. Kenya takes no accountability for this. <laughs> she says, are you kidding? When I was trying out for pageants, that kind of like constructive criticism totally saved me and helped me win. And some of the models after the audition called me to thank me <laughs> and said I really helped them. What? <laughs> Like, number one, Kenya, you're lying. You're telling me. Uh, they 
what they called you right how did they get your information also you're telling me that the girl that you screamed coochie crack at felt so comfortable with you she's like i just wanted to thank you for calling out my coochie crack (laughs) you're just yelling at me right repeatedly and embarrassing me in front of all of these people no kenya but i think cynthia handled it so well by saying well you know i actually got a lot of people that reached out about how like mean-spirited that was and how they felt really sort of torn down by your commentary yeah um so they're kind of like arguing and the other ladies here and they start to walk over and then kenya just starts like it's she goes into like a manic episode she's like it's beautiful out here now chill and then she drops down onto the sand and starts rolling around and like squealing like we're just i'm just having so much fun i just want to roll around in the sand it was so bizarre and Cynthia can't do anything with this. It's just like when Phaedra said, like, oh, a bug bit me. It wants chocolate. Like, that's you just come <laughs> up with an insane performance and you can get Cynthia to stop being mad at you. Right. Which, I mean, it's effective. But I will say before we talk about the conclusion of this thing. So in the midst of Kenya rolling around on the beach in the sand, acting like a crazy person, the cut to Portia sitting on the beach reading the book. And she's like, oh, this is actually very informative. <laughs> Leave it to Portia to just crack the Vanessa Williams book on the beach. It was so funny <laughs> and so perfect. Because of the, like you can physically see them and hear them in the background arguing while Portia's like, ooh, hmm. Like, just... <laughs> It was so perfect to me. And it kind of made me want to read Vanessa Williams's book, I'm actually. Sure that's great. She read it with her mom. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, so everybody then just kind of like gets into the sand and starts like booty shaking and having fun. Yeah. It was, it, it was weird because I felt like Kenya acting out definitely validated Portia and her perspective of like, this woman is crazy. It's not just me. But then... Lo and behold, everybody's just very happy to twerk and, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of booty meat. Is that what it's called? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Jules, what do they call it? You're like, girl, what? (laughs) Every woman on this couch has like an incredible ass and they love to shake it. Yeah. And we love to watch. Yeah. It was, it was so funny. So they were, um... They were all, not all, but a bunch of them were sort of on all fours on the beach, shaking their butts in a way that was, that can only be described as artistic, I yes. think. It was kind of beautiful, actually. Absolutely. Um, so that night at dinner, they all sort of get together for their last dinner. Mm-hmm. And he has this look on her face like, ooh, what's going to happen? Walter does not look like anything is going to happen. Right. Um, And they're all kind of talking. And Phaedra jokes about how she wants more babies, but she has to make that money, honey. (laughs) And Kenya says in confessional, I don't care how much a baby costs. I'm ready to have one, two, three, as many as Walter wants. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Kenya. (laughs) Girl, are you... 
part of the same relationship we're seeing on TV. Also, just like, are you the same woman who just gave Cynthia like a mean book at lunch? Like, just like, I swear to God, every scene, it's like a different person. It's bizarre, to say the least. Yeah. Um, So then Peter comments about them wearing pink. Oh, yeah. He says something about, like, oh, those are, like, you guys look like you're color-coordinated. Okay. Yeah. So Peter's like, oh, wow. Like, Walter, you you really wearing that pink? And then Kenya points out, like, yeah, we match. And then Walter looks down at his shirt, looks at Kenya, and says, it wasn't intentional. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. And then, instead of taking that hint, Kenya then goes on to mention, oh, yeah, these would be great wedding colors. Yeah, remember when we had that conversation and you said anything can happen in three days? And then Peter interrupts with a toast. Yeah. Oh, man. Peter, so messy. So freaking messy. (laughs) He goes around to all the couples and compliments them and talks about how much he loves the dudes. Mm -hmm. And then he gets, he goes, Kenya and Walt. (laughs) He calls him Walt. Kenya and Walt. I just met you guys, and at first, I didn't believe he was a couple. <laughs> and Nini laughs so loud. <laughs> Peter is like the seventh housewife, I swear. He says, actually, Walter's a solid dude, but a little birdie told me Walter's under a lot of pressure because he has three days to pop the question. Oh, my God. Okay, cut to Cynthia looking so gorgeous in a purple mm. confessional. She's purple eyeshadow, a purple dress. So good on her. She says she might have been the birdie. Okay. Oh, shocker, Cynthia. Oh my I think that was like, that's her way of getting one over. She knows Peter is going to bring that up. Yeah, it's funny because in this moment, I remember thinking how much Peter and Nini give off like similar energy. Yeah. And I'm like... Of course. Of course, these are the people that are the closest to Cynthia in her life and have so much in common because they are messy boots. Mm -hmm. And I think that they also see the world in very similar ways, right? Not not questioning whether your relationship is real. I'm just saying it for me. For me, I didn't see it. But, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, what? Okay. So, yeah, I think you're right that this was part of how Cynthia made it happen because she couldn't do it herself. No, right? but oof, she really delivered this blow. Walter clarifies that they had talked about marriage before, but he didn't say when. Mm. And Kenya's like, but you said that in three days anything could happen. Mm. She's saying this in front of the whole table and everyone's like, oh, my God. It's like she's sad or like it's like maybe dawning on her but at the same time she won't just like relent and save her dignity it's brutal it is and it's sort of sad because i think a lot of this is sort of it it overshadows the otherwise like beautiful dinner Mm -hmm. that they're having right people are going around the table talking about how they got engaged and how in love they were and everybody has their own cute little yeah, funny story. They have like their proposal stories. Yeah. And I think everyone is also just trying to be like, let's change, let's get the topic to something a little bit milder. Then Kenya tries to change the subject by asking 
um, Todd how he would propose to Candy, mm. which is so shady. She's yeah. trying to make it seem like Candy is like the also like vying for a marriage proposal. Candy just shuts it down. She's like, no, I like surprises. Don't tell me. Yeah. Which is perfect. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's funny because I had forgotten that Candy was on this trip and is also unmarried because she wasn't giving single girl energy the no, way that Kenya was. she's just, she's so secure in herself. <laughs> Greg says, how are you going to do yours, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> eighth housewife greg stirring the pot oh my gosh and so then walter sort of relays what seems to be like i don't want to say like a drunken oh this could be a good idea but he mentions like maybe proposing at a basketball game yeah he said a basketball game or something and everyone's like the jumbo right (laughs) no and kenya's like i would hate that but she doesn't actually say it to him. She's like mouthing it. I can't tell if it's to another housewife or yeah. to the camera. I think she wants him to notice and be like, you would hate that. Oh no, I'll change my response. But no, he's not going to do that. Candy kind of jokes like, oh, now you can't take her to a basketball game. Oh my gosh. And then everyone's like going around sharing more stories. And Kenya is in her feelings. Oh, she's so in her feelings. But before we get to that, I am curious Oh, wait, I missed something. What? Okay, so everyone's going around sharing more stories. And then Kenya says, Phaedra, how did you and Apollo know you were ready to be engaged? Shade. Because we know Phaedra was secretly pregnant when they got engaged. Oh, that's right. So rude. Again, this is like your friend who's sticking up for you. And Kenya knew that Portia, or not, excuse me, Kenya knew that Phaedra was pregnant when yeah. they got engaged i believe this has all gotten back to her okay in confessional phaedra says something truly insightful incisive and devastating hmm. she says i feel sorry for kenya because she appears to be longing to be loved but doesn't know how to attract the right attention that's what's sad Ooh. dead <laughs> dead dang well she sees it all she i mean but brutal if i had to watch on a tv show somebody give a confessional like that about me where they just like completely lay my soul bare it'd be rough yeah i don't know i don't know if i could bounce back from that yeah that's (laughs) that's pretty intense Oh, geez. So eventually, all of this talk about being in love, getting proposed to, having engagements, Kenya loses her appetite and she leaves the table. Um, And then Walter follows her and she's in tears. But Walter doesn't seem to be... I honestly think that at this point, Walter was beyond tipsy based on how he was reacting to Kenya. But it was sort of sad because she... I think that the sad part for me was that you saw her sort of pleading with this man and then him not actually being direct about his intentions. Like he kept saying things like, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm like, you don't want to marry her. Yeah. I think he tries to explain it. Like, I just meant that maybe I would elope someday. Like maybe I would be open to eloping, but not that we were going to elope right now. I feel like he's trying to explain himself to just be like, it's not my fault that you're so upset, right? And then she feels like he's yelling at her, like using a tone. Mm-hmm. 
And I kind of understood, okay, maybe you want someone to be softer with you because you're crying. But also, I feel like this is the classic narcissist thing with, like, when someone tells you about what you don't want to hear, you say it's, like, the way they're telling you or you're using a tone with me or don't yell at me or whatever because you, like, don't want to actually process. Like, he's kind of sitting here being like, look, this is the truth. I'm nowhere near marriage. Like, this, you know, don't rush me. Mm -hmm. And I just meant that if we ever got married, I'd be open to eloping. Yeah. But she's like, don't talk to me that way and storms off. Yeah. But then Walter, to his credit, was like, all right, well, make sure you get on the bus all right. (laughs) (laughs) Kenya walks like across the parking lot and sits on the ground, like in the dirt under a lamppost and cries. It's so weird. Like, yeah. What was the bus locked? Like, why couldn't you go to a place? Like, I I don't don't understand. I don't know. Phaedra tries to go find her. And she says, I don't think it's safe to be out in the middle of the forest, at least without a stun gun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I also wrote that down because it was so funny and hilarious. And also like, okay, forest, whatever. Yeah. There it's not quite a forest. There's like trees around a parking lot, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. So that being said, back at the table, right? So Walter has returned to the table and Nini being the icon that she is, it's like, yeah, like what was going on? Like what's happening? And so he sort of breaks down what he quote unquote meant. And I will say Nini to her credit was like, see, like, no, because that's not what that sounds like. You got this woman that clearly wants to get married and you're saying that she's thinking, oh, this is going to happen. Like, that's not fair very true right which i think is it hit the nail on the head then cut to the confessional where nini says listen that's misleading if she wants to get engaged to this man then she just needs to be patient but me nah, i'd be up out the door and i was like valid right if that's what you want okay you just have to be patient, keep your mouth shut, and, like, let him do it at his own time. Because we all know – I mean, I shouldn't say we all know, but I think it's sort of knowledge that you can't pressure a man into any kind of relationship. You can't pressure a man into, like, doing anything that he doesn't actually want to do. Yeah, and I think it's Portia who says, like, I would never want to pressure someone because I might be end up standing up there alone. Yeah. You know, it's just like – you don't want someone who had to be like cajoled into being with you. Oh yeah. I say all the time. I don't want a man that doesn't want me mm-hmm. like a hundred percent of the time. I am not the type of person who will ever go after somebody who doesn't, who gives you nothing when you get the opportunity. Right. Like if you don't have to be obsessed with me, although that is preferred, Yeah, <laughs> but you do have to really be wanting to pursue me and want the same things. Otherwise it's a waste of time. And I think that more women should have that mentality because it's hard out there, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I think Phaedra actually puts it very well. She says, everybody knows the only woman looking for a husband is somebody who ain't never had one. <laughs> It's a blessing you don't end up with some of these crazy men. (laughs) So true. Right. It's better to be single than like saddled to a bad husband who doesn't love you. Oh my God. Right. And the, it's beautiful because I sort of, we sort of end the episode with Apollo saying like, listen, if God ordained it, then it'll flow. And then Phaedra says, it's something about that penis. It makes them crazy girl. Yeah. (laughs) 
Thank you, Phaedra. It's okay. so true. So insightful. Like something about it. It makes them insane. So that concludes our dramatic last evening in Anguilla. Although yeah. I don't know, maybe we'll get a little bit more Anguilla in the next episode. Yeah, maybe we'll a little see. taste of it. I don't know. So keen. Mm-hmm. Who's your peach this episode? Well, I mean, I think that the peach has to... Uh, I feel like I should give it to Nini, but I want to give it to Phaedra. Because I always want to give it to Phaedra. No, I'm going to go with Nini. I think that she is the one this episode who shined as she always does, but she also had a very clear perspective on what was going on, right? She, Even though we don't get the sense that she really likes Kenya, she still came to her defense when this man was trying to convince people that she was acting crazy because that's not what it was. But also she was honest and she was funny and fun-loving and she orchestrated the women on the beach twerking their little booty cheeks. And listen, that's a hard job. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that Nini is a truth teller and she cares about the truth. Like she's like, let's just get to it. I don't, it doesn't matter who I like and who I don't like. Let's see what's going on. Yeah. That's why we love her. Completely. I will say Phaedra's my peach this time. Because I loved, I think, you know, so often she's just kind of joking and we get like a little kind of like a shallower slice of her which of course I love but like she kind of dropped down into her Kenya insights Mm -hmm. and was so sweet to her and I loved all the things she said about crazy men (laughs) so true right so on point yes that's amazing so then who is your pit for this episode as much as I sympathize with Kenya for feeling disappointed I have to say the way she treated the other ladies, Mm. she is my pit, especially trying to get Candy and Phaedra to look foolish at that dinner because she was feeling insecure. That's just classic Kenya. That's exactly Mm. what I don't want to see from her. No, that's so on point. I would agree. I would also add that I think that I thought of Walter as the pit, but Kenya by association, Um, just because I think that both of them had a really hard time of like Walter more so just being honest about his intentions and his goals, but Kenya like really owning when she was actually being shady. Like she was shady when she tried to get all the women together so that she could give her fake apology. She was shady when she gave the book to Cynthia and she was shady when she was at the dinner and refused to just sort of embrace. Like you could even see when the other women were talking about how it, how excited they were for their engagements and how in love they were, that there was like a bitterness because she's like, I think she's just unhappy at this stage in her life. And it's hard for her to celebrate others, which is a shame because women should definitely pour into other women. Yeah. She's really only capable of thinking like, why isn't it me? It should be me. And that's yes, it. Yes. That's exactly it. I think. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out what happens next week. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot more drama to come. Right? We're only eight episodes into the season. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. I forgot how good it was. I will say that my one and only regret is that this is not the season that ends with the best read of all time. I looked it up, and it's actually season six. But this season doesn't disappoint and it only gets better from here yeah and a little note 
Teens. What's the name of that movie you were recommending? Oh my goodness, that's right. We are podcastresses. It is beautiful. Starring Minnie Driver. I can't wait to check it out. See you next time. Bye. Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens. Starring Jules and Keens. Produced and edited by Juliana Trungali-Golden.